Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So last night, the Wake County Republican Party held a debate and they invited all of their Republican uh, candidates that are running for the nomination for governor. And uh, three of them showed. Former Congressman Mark Walker, um, North Carolina Treasurer Dale Falwell, and Jesse Citizen Thomas. I, I I don't know if this is like a Fauci, I am the science kind of thing. I don't know if it's an official nickname that he's got. or Maybe it's a wrestling nom de plume or nom de... I'm the Guerre, 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 Guerra, whatever. Right? It's a pseudonym. Is it going to be appear on the ballot? I don't know. But Jesse Citizen Thomas. And uh, initially, they said that it was going to be sort of like a, a Lincoln Douglas debate format, and then it totally was not that. So I don't know why they said that that was going to be the case. Um, it was a time debate, so they all had, you know, a minute to answer all the questions. They could offer rebuttals, but I think the only one that really took advantage of that was Mark Walker on a couple of occasions. Um, there was also, there's, uh, uh, the, well, they had, they had them sitting at a table, and uh, they had microphones on the table, and uh, Thomas and Walker both had mics that were, uh, on a mic stand with a you know big heavy metal plate that keeps it stable on the table. It's pretty standard in um, in radio and audio broadcasting and that sort of thing. But it it means that it's meant as a table mic. It's not a stand up mic. Meanwhile, Dale Falwell had what we call a gooseneck mic. Gooseneck, not goose step. Gooseneck mic. It's a completely different thing. Anyway, the gooseneck microphone is one that's like it's long and it's thin and it's bendy. You can bend it in all different directions. And it's it was, I don't know, probably about 18 inches long, 20 inches long or so. And so when Dale Falwell uh, was called upon initially to give his opening remarks, he stood up. And because he has that gooseneck microphone, he is able to push it almost at a, a straight up, like a totally vertical <laughs> kind of position, and so he can stand and he can deliver his comments. Well, the other two could not because they have table mics. And before, as they were getting ready, they were introducing everybody. And, and first, Mark Walker gets up and leaves the table. And the moderator of the debate, who's a, uh, I believe he's retired now, which in radio means, I think, I don't know if he actually retired from radio, because I think the only person I know that's ever retired from radio was John Hancock from WBT, but maybe Bill LeMay, he may have retired on his own. I don't know, but he's a former morning guy, uh, radio guy, and he was the moderator of the debate. And uh, so he makes, he made a joke. uh, Maybe it was, oh, I guess Mark Walker got an important phone call. Well, no, it turns out Walker was not taking a phone call. 
he had walked away from the table in order to bring this little plastic box uh, kind of thing. And it was like a like a little he used it as a platform for the mic stand so he could get the mic up higher and closer to his mouth because he because he's, a, I guess, a pretty tall guy. And when he's sitting down, the mic was pretty low anyway. I, I only say that because he went over and he got this little red box and he put his microphone on it. And then Dale stands up. And then when Walker's turn to speak for his opening or his, uh, he answers his first question, he then just abandons the red box. He tosses it to the side and he then stands up as well. And he holds the base of this microphone. So he's now holding this thing up as he's talking. It was a kind of weird thing going on. Because they were seated at the table together, but because Dale stood up, Mark stood up, Jesse never stood up. He just stayed seated for all of his answers. So anyway, I just, so now you kind of got a visual picture. They're all at the same table. It's like a, you know, uh, like a buffet table kind of a thing. Uh, So they're all sitting at the same table. Jesse on the left, Mark in the middle, Dale on the right. Okay, so here are the highlights because I watched it, so you didn't have to. I'm a giver. You're welcome. And Jesse Tom. Oh, by the way, yes, uh, Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor, who is leading in all of the polls and has been for a while, Mark Robinson, not at the debate. Neither was Andy Wells, who is, uh, he has run before. Uh, I believe I've interviewed him in the past. I forget what uh, what race he ran in before. It may have been governor, but I, I don't recall. It may have been a statewide office uh, a couple of years back. Andy Wells was not there either. I think he had a a conflict or a scheduling conflict or something. Anyway, so he had three of the five. And Jesse Thomas, he starts off first, um, and he gives a little bit of his background, and he starts off by noting that Republicans have had uh, only um, uh, one term, one time. They've only held the governorship for four years out of the last three decades, although he kind of mangles it a little bit, but I get what I know what he was trying to say. Four years out of the last three decades, and that was obviously Pat McCrory. We should be sick and tired of losing. This means that a vote for Mr. Robinson in the primary is like throwing your vote away because he is unelectable in the general due to his outrageous and bigoted statements. By default, it would be like giving your vote away to Mr. Stein. I believe we Republicans need my profile and background as the alternative in the general election. My 0% state income tax is a silver bullet to create jobs through consumer spending. This would make North Carolina the 10th state in this country, including neighboring Tennessee, to do this for its citizens and economy. Second. As a former Medicaid health plan CEO, I will drive a fierce urgency of now to implement Medicaid expansion, already passed and signed into law with great fanfare back in March. But due to political gridlock, it is still not operational and is sadly putting over 600,000 of our friends, family, neighbors, and citizens at grave health risk. This outrageous delay by our political leaders means wasting a half billion dollars a month in lost revenue and risk losing nearly $2 billion in a signing bonus. This is a travesty. 
of approximately $8 billion per year of economic impact wasted. Further delay is unconscionable. All right. So a couple of things from Citizen Thomas. Um, he makes, and he says this again later on, he makes the argument that Mark Robinson is unelectable because of his, quote, uh, offensive and bigoted comments. He also is a, uh, a former health industry CEO, and so he's all in on the Medicaid expansion, which the Republican leadership now, you know, agreed to do. And remember the reasons why the Republican leaders did that, particularly the Senate leadership and the staff for Phil Berger, the Senate Majority Leader or the President Pro Tem, I should say. Um, they cited the economics of it. They said, we need all of this federal money. It's just out there. We're going to get all the signing bonuses and stuff. We're going to get all this money, money, money from the feds, and it's just free money. We should take it. And so that's what Jesse Thomas is reiterating. I would also point out that we still don't have that budget because the same people who made the argument for Medicaid expansion, how we need to gobble up all the federal money, if Jesse Thomas is correct and we're losing all of this money every single day we don't expand Medicaid, well, the reason why we're losing all the money is because the same people that told us we have to take the money Phil Berger and crowd, um, they're holding up the budget because of the casinos. So, yeah. Um, also, I note that Thomas quoted that line, the fierce urgency of now. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Do you know where that came from? The fierce urgency of now? If I recall correctly, at least in my adult life, that I recall the first time that term was used, Barack Obama Right. The fierce urgency of now. And maybe he was quoting somebody else, too, and he lifted it himself. But um, I thought that was interesting. So he's the former Medicaid health plan CEO. And he would then reiterate these points throughout the evening, along with school choice and tougher sentences for violent criminals. We'll give you some more audio from last night. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. All righty, so last night, again, the uh, Wake County Republican Party holding a debate between three of the five candidates for governor. Um, Mark Robinson, not there. Andy Wells, not there either. We heard from Jesse Thomas. I had never heard of this guy before, but he's a, a retired uh, health plan CEO, and so he made a big point about Medicaid expansion, talked about that uh, a good bit throughout the night. Next up, though, was uh, former Congressman Mark Walker. Uh, he said his campaign is focusing on three main issues here. Number one, we've got to expound on our education opportunities. Number two, we've got to make sure that we are securing economic freedom as well as protecting our children and families. All right, and then Dale Falwell 
quoted a line from a Roberta Flack documentary that he said he and his wife were watching, and uh, the line was, uh, they love your work, they're just not sure what to do with you. Apparently somebody said that to Roberta Flack, and his wife, Dale Falwell's wife said, that's you. So he is. he said he's the first Republican treasurer since Lincoln, 140-something years. Um, but before he got into the white-collar in work, uh, he worked a series of blue-collar jobs for a very, very long time. I was a garbage collector and motorcycle mechanic, and the person I was a garbage collector for said, you know, it's time that you, you're too stubborn and too hard-headed. You need to educate your mind. And I started taking classes at Winston-Salem State and ultimately UNCG. And this is a uniform that I wear, wore to college every day, a uniform with your name on it. And my point of telling you this story is that I'm running for governor to represent those people in this state who make their living with their hands and their back and their feet because that's what I did for a third of my life and people who have to take a shower at the end of the day, not at the beginning of the day. And that's really what blue collar work is. The first question then was on the economy. Mark Walker said that we need bigger ports. We have uh, you know, a lot of roads, but we need bigger ports. Falwell touted his leadership as treasurer during uh, what he called one of the most volatile economic periods in the modern era. He said we've been ranked number one for business for the second straight year, and we maintained our AAA bond rating, one of only 13 states to do so. The number one challenge facing North Carolina under the next governorship, I said this seven years ago as the state treasurer candidate, and I'm saying again today, is the next governor is going to have to figure out how to defend this country, this economy, and our employers against the complete ineptness of our federal government who just got downgraded by our rating agencies. We have a federal government that cannot live within its means, and as strong as we are, and as smart as we are, and as disciplined we are, the fact is, is that with everything that's gone on, the Bidenomics has put inflation on the people of this state and the next governor is going to have to figure out how to protect ourselves from that. All right. Then uh, Jesse Thomas said uh, that uh, the zero percent income tax rate would be a single uh, rather a, a silver bullet. Uh, and he wants to expand Medicaid. So that that's definitely the theme that he was going with last night. Zero percent income tax rate and Medicaid expansion. Then they got into schools or I guess they did already get into schools because, like, they're all grown adults with degrees and stuff. So that's obvious. But anyway, no, they got they got onto the education topic. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Got a uh, message here on the Twitter machine. It's a Pete tweet from Gene who says, Pete, I always, uh, I enjoyed listening to your radio show. Sorry, I did throw in the always. That was incorrect. Gene does not say she always enjoys listening. I enjoy listening to your radio show 
Andy Wells previously ran for lieutenant governor. Yes, thank you, Gene. I appreciate it. And I believe uh, I interviewed him during that uh, during that race. I guess it would have been four years ago now or so. Um, but he was not at the debate last night in Wake County. We had Jesse Thomas, Jesse, sorry, Jesse Citizen Thomas, and former Congressman Mark Walker and North Carolina Treasurer Dale Falwell. So the next topic they get into after the economy is education, education. And um, it was about improving K-12 schools. Dale Falwell, the treasurer, said that uh, we need to focus on basic common sense things like third grade reading. And people say, what does that get you? Ten years later, they get you guy the smartest workforce. That gets you the best entrance into our community college system, which is a board that I always sit on, also sit on. It also gets us, you know, the best entrance to compete for these coveted positions, number one. Number two is, as your governor, I will never shut down the public schools of North Carolina again. The public... (laughs) The shutting down of the public schools has been a tragedy. And what happened during that process created illiteracy, poverty, disease, and death. All right, so... Uh, one note here, I mentioned earlier that Jesse Citizen Thomas used the, quote, fierce urgency of now, and I remember Obama using that term. That actually, that phrase came from MLK Jr. Obama lifted it from MLK Jr. Well, he didn't lift it. He quoted him, let's say. And I will assume that Thomas also quoted MLK, not Obama, on that. Okay, so, because uh, I, I double-checked that. The other thing I need to double-check during this next break is the word entrance. I always called them entrants. E-N-T-R-A-N-T-S. Entrance. But see, now, now that I'm saying it, it sounds like... But I always called them entrance. But now that I say that out loud, it sounds like I'm saying this is not the exit, it's the entrance. Maybe I should be saying it entrance. It does make me sound fancy, too. It makes me sound learned, you know? All right, Citizen Thomas said it bothers him that we continue to experiment with our kids, he says, uh, via social promotions and the soft bigotry of low expectations. I want us to treat K-12 through as though it is preparing our youth for the workplace. Workforce readiness for the workplace. I learned civics in the fourth grade. Now civics is not even mandatory. Financial literacy is not a requirement. I want our kids Mm. to have life skills and stop experimenting with our kids and focus on the basics, the fundamentals. All right. I agree with the last part there, the fundamentals. Uh, Slight uh, quibble, I think, is that the Republicans did, in fact, put in place uh, financial literacy as a requirement. If I recall correctly, that was when Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest was in office and he was pushing for that. I interviewed him a couple different times about that very thing. And I remember him taking a victory lap on it. So I'm pretty sure that's one of the requirements still, unless it got changed again. But I don't think it did. Um, So then we get to a part that got a little bit. Uh, well, it didn't get testy, but right, OK, well, here Walker starts off his answer on education with a bit of a shot at Dale Falwell. Why you may hear tonight some people who are proposing things to do, I've been doing them. When you hear about being seven years on a board of education, haven't seen a lot of results. Ooh. You're looking at the only Republican in the state of North Carolina. 
that has won the United Negro College President's Award, that has given the commencement address at one of our HBCUs. Two months ago, I'm teaching the entrepreneurial class at the largest black college in the country. You say, why is that important? Because until we go into the places where education is, we're not going to change this country. We can talk about every single issue and item, and there are many important, but until we reform the education system, we're going to keep producing one generation after another. You know why? Because here's what they're being taught. They're being taught that America's racist. They're being taught that America is inherently evil. And that's what we're seeing being produced right now. Look, I'm not pretending that America got it all right day one, but let me tell you this. We never quit trying until we became the land of opportunity for every boy and girl. All right. So the next question, which was about college tuition costs, Dale Falwell responded to that shot. Why you may hear. No, that's not it. That is not it. This is it. It's the parking fees. It's the student health fees. It's the book fees where some professor wrote a book and changed two words in that book for the next year. So nobody like me who actually attended an HBCU, not just spoke at one, uh, Nobody can actually buy a used book because it's a new edition because somebody changed two words and the parents in this room who are nodding their heads know exactly what I'm talking about. So you heard, you heard what he said. Like, I didn't, ju- I didn't just, you know, speak at one. I attended two HBCUs, which stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. If I had to work myself through school today as a blue-collar worker, I would not be standing here as the keeper of your public purse and the state treasurer of North Carolina. Every chancellor should produce a plan for how kids can work themselves through college and graduate with four years. Because as I said earlier, it's not just the tuition, it's the housing, it's the parking fees, it's the student activity fees, and all these other things. And the reason is, is that we have a cartel in student loan lending right now that promotes the borrowing of money by people who don't even, many, some may, I didn't have it at that age, the financial literacy to know that when you borrow money at 8% interest, every nine years, whatever you owe is doubled in, in, the, in the cost of it. All right, so Walker takes the shot at Falwell about how he didn't get anything done, mentions that he goes and he has, has spoken at historically black colleges. Falwell responds with a shot back saying, I actually attended HBCUs. I didn't just speak at them. That then prompts Walker's reply. I'm going to rebut. Please do, sir. You know, and with all due respect to my friend, uh, Treasurer Falwell, um, well, first of all, I guess I should say this. The lady sitting back there back in the back, my wife for 30 years, she's a two-time graduate of an HBCU, but uh, notwithstanding. Really? Really? So the the rebuttal there is that my wife graduated from two HBC. Like this is like the my best friend is black. Like this is what you're doing, guys. But I mean, I get it. I understand why, and I understand what Walker was saying about the importance of going in and spreading the message. I totally get that. But this part, it's just it, it's just uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. And then he finishes the answer here. You you talked a little bit about what we should be doing. Every kid should graduate. Mm -hmm. But the fees uh, you talk about and the tuition, that doesn't just automatically disappear. You didn't really address 
how you would do that. You just said we should be doing it. And I think too many times politicians said we should be doing this or we should be doing that. If you want to get to the heart of this, what you want to do is you rip the tenureship from these left-wing woke ideology professors if you want to get to the heart of it in their tenureship today. As the next governor of North Carolina, I will put that on the table and I will put it in play. That will reduce costs and it will get some of this ideology out of our university system. Is it the is it the tenureship or is it the administrative bloat and the cartel of the money lending? I, I think I mean, it could be all of the above. Right. Alrighty. So it was during this discussion last night during the Republican gubernatorial debate that uh, this question of college costs. It was during this question that we got our one and only groaner of the night groaner. You know what a groaner is? Yeah, it's like when the crowd goes, oh. (laughs) And that happened. That absolutely happened. You'll have to listen for it because the microphones were up at the desk, not uh, in the audience. But it was at the start of this question on the college costs when the uh, moderator, Bill LeMay, he kept referring to, um, he kept calling, up until this point, we were only like three questions in. And he after this, he didn't do it again. But he kept calling Jesse Thomas, he kept calling him Mr. Wells. Well, Andy Wells wasn't there, but he kept calling Thomas Wells. So finally, Thomas corrects him. And that's what starts, well, you'll hear. Oh, actually, hang on a second. You won't because I muted it because I was listening to stuff during the break. My Barry Manilow hits. Anyway, here's the, uh, here's that. What about you, Mr. Wells? Why don't you take that one? Jesse Thomas. I'm sorry. I keep doing that. <laughs> That's okay. I apologize. It's almost like he's here, right? <laughs> almost. Almost. Not everybody's here tonight. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. I think. <laughs> there it was. That was Mark Walker noting the absence of another Mark. Mark Robinson. And so he makes that comment and you can hear the reaction from that crowd at the Wake County Republican Party, they weren't exactly happy with the comment. We'll play it again. What about you, Mr. Wells? Why don't you take that one? Jesse Thomas. I'm sorry. I keep doing that. <laughs> That's okay. I apologize. It's almost like he's here, right? <laughs> almost. Almost. Not everybody's here tonight. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. I think... <laughs> By the way... Uh, the moderator also kept referring to Dale Falwell as Mr. Secretary, as the secretary or secretary. He's, he's not. He's the treasurer. But whatever. Um, Thomas, so if you hear him refer to the secretary or something, if you, I don't remember if that's in any of the sound bites. That's why. But it's, he's talking about Dale Falwell. Which, I mean, look, it's a common, I understand, not common, but I understand why you would make the error because at the federal level, they are the secretary of the treasury or treasury secretary. So I, I get it. Um, so Jesse Thomas then promotes education uh, education savings accounts. Uh, he's a big backer of school vouchers, school choice um, as well. Uh, they all are. Then on criminal justice, Thomas said that he is troubled by skyrocketing crime in our communities. We should respect the rule of law, pure and simple. And in our body politic, we have embraced, unfortunately, bad conduct, bad behavior, bad example. We will, if we want to project an image of the ideal, 
and the ideal is to be able to do better and be better in every respect, respect the rule of law, and have the, um, the penalty uh, absolutely match the crime. All right, match the crime. He noted that there hasn't been an execution in quite a long time in North Carolina, even though it is still a law that's on the books, but it's just never used. Dale Falwell pointed out, yeah, it's 19 years, and he actually like went to death row. Dale Falwell did. But then he, he got his uh, verdict overturned. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, he <laughs> no, he said he visited uh, Central Prison, death row, because he figured, you know, if I'm going to be, you know, doing public policy in the legislature and I'm going to be uh, writing laws about the, uh, the death penalty and criminal justice and the like, I should see what I'm what I'm dealing with. Um, Walker traced the disrespect for law enforcement back to Barack Obama. Do you remember do you remember what Obama did about a cop up in Massachusetts? Somebody was breaking into a house or so the cop thought. Remember this story? All right, I'll I'll pick it up there after the news. Back in a minute.